Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Welcome to another episode of the DermVet Podcast. Today, I want to go over some tips about ear flushes with you guys. And I kind of break down ear flushing in in two different ways. There's obviously what we can do within the clinic when the patient's in our care at the veterinary hospital. And then there's the benefits of having owners do ear flushing at home. And both of them serve really important purposes. I want to go over just some quick tips about ear flushing and then the different types of ear flushes that are out there. So the benefits of flushing ears, uh, you know, if we're in the clinic, definitely proper visualization. So it allows us to see deeper in that ear. If you look in an ear and all you see is a bunch of purulent debris, maybe there's a mass behind that purulent debris. Maybe if we flush the ear out, then we could see a ruptured tympanic membrane. So doing an in-house flush, whether it's awake or sedated, depending on that case and what the patient will tolerate can be really helpful just to give us a better idea of what's going on in that ear. It allows us to determine the disease extent. It allows us to do additional diagnostics. So, you know, maybe there's a foreign body behind all that debris that we could pull out if we sedated the pet case management, disease resolution. There's lots of different things that can be beneficial by using ear flush. So when you start looking into an ear that's just covered in debris, start thinking to yourself, well, what's causing this ear infection? Like what's the primary issue? Is this just a dog with allergies? Do we think there it's a unilateral otitis and there could be a foreign body or mass behind the, that debris? Uh, when we talk about at home flushing for the owner, do we think just sending home an eardrop will be enough? What's the long-term treatment plan we have for these pets? Because ear flushing can really help topical medications penetrate that canal better, but ear flushing can also maintain allergic pets with recurrent otitis really well and minimize the severity of their infections. So it's really important not only to be cleaning the having the owners do it at home but having different in hospital techniques so sometimes we'll use different tools like forceps or ear curettes um, through uh, the otoscope cone that often can require sedation we'll do deeper flushes with ear bulb syringes if needed if there's smaller debris and we need to go in either with a video otoscopy unit or through uh, just a regular handheld otoscope depending on that particular case then we can give something like mild sedation and use a red rubber catheter down that cone or the otoscopy unit in order to get a really good deep flush. So usually when we're doing that, we are having the pet at least sedated, if not under general anesthesia, to be helpful to keep the pet still so we can do it in the safest way possible. Remember, if you're doing a deep ear flush in the clinic, even if it's not a full video otoscopy unit, if there's a tear in that eardrum or say a micro tear, because you can think an eardrum looks intact and there can be very small tears that we can't see and fluid goes within through that tear into the middle ear, that can actually go to, into the auditory canal and to the posterior pharynx. So there's always the, the risk of having, at, uh, having flushes in the clinic 
if there is a ruptured eardrum causing aspiration. So, you know, if it's a videotoscopy procedure where we're going to be doing deep flushing, we always suggest that the pet be under general anesthesia in order for us to do it so that we can protect that airway and be really safe about it. Because sometimes you're surprised, you think it looks okay, and as you start doing a deep ear flush, the eardrum can just kind of rupture or fall apart on you pretty easily. When we're talking about at-home flushing that the client's gonna be doing, client education is so important. So you wanna really educate the client, you know, fill the canal up with that cleanser, massage the entire canal. You know, I have owners actually like palpate and feel with me like where that cartilage and canal is because sometimes they don't really understand that the dogs and cats have an L-shaped canal and it's pretty long and we really have to massage the entire canal and that auricular cartilage. And I suggest for 30 to 60 seconds if they're, you know, able to because that motion's breaking up the debris and allowing that ear cleanser to do its job. Then allow the pet to shake their head. I always suggest doing this outside or you know, in a bathroom somewhere easy to clean up because our hope is there will be debris coming out because we're loosening up for that pet. And then we instruct them to wipe the external orifice only, not to put things like Q-tips or cotton-tipped applicators down the canal. And this is something you can train your technicians or your veterinary assistants to do with your clients during the discharge or while they're going over home care instructions so that you can save time knowing that you're really busy in the clinic, especially right now as everyone's schedules are really crazy. It's something you definitely can lean on your support staff to do and can be really effective. Right now, as we're not having clients in the building, we have videos we can refer them to. There's handouts online, there's some through DECRA, there's you know other ones that you can find on YouTube and just looking through other veterinary hospitals that explain how to actually do an ear flush. And you can send that reference to your clients so they can do it appropriately and see it in a safe way if you're not allowing clients in the building right now. Sometimes they get asked, you know, I had a call recently where uh, I knew nothing about the case. It was just a veterinarian calling in asking what ear flush to use. No signalman, don't know what the infection is, just what ear flush should I use in a pet and a dog? It's like, it, it depends. I mean, you guys know I say that about everything. Uh, there's so many different types of ear flushes for a reason. So we have, you know, probably at least like four in our clinic and they all serve a different purpose. There's different types of ear exudate. You can get kind of the dry debris that's not really infected. You can get the brown waxy debris full of yeast. You can get, you know, the nasty pus biofilm ridden pseudomonas otitis and there's all different reasons that you'd pick different cleansers for those so realize when you guys are picking an ear flush it has an impact on what you're treating and how well these patients can do so you you don't want to just have one ear flush i mean i really think you need to at least have at least three if not four or five different ear flushes because it's really going to affect what you see on cytology what the you know pets looking like through their otoscope exam uh, in order to provide the best care and get that, that issue resolved and then hopefully prevent it from happening more in the future. So there's a few different kind of uh, ways to think about ear flushes. The big one is if we need to disinfect it. So obviously if there's infection, if we're seeing bacteria or yeast, 
if the pet has a history of bacteria or yeast and say they're an allergic dog that chronically gets issues with their ears, then having them on a, a flush as part of their maintenance protocol can be really helpful. So as far as frequency, again, that really depends on the case. Usually in a typical allergy dog I have, I would say I'm usually at least a, a weekly flusher, have them really flush out once a week at home, sometimes twice a week. If I get a really, really bad, you know, in pseudomonas otitis, we might be flushing daily at first, depending on if the pet can tolerate it with their comfort. So looking at disinfectants, you know, I like using products. Malacetic Ultra is one of my favorite that has boric acid, acetic acid, some hydrocortisone just for a little bit of anti-inflammation and then ketoconazole. I use that a lot in uh, recurrent yeast otitis cases, sometimes some recurrent um, bacterial otitis cases. There's also a malacetic otic, which just has the boric and acetic acid if the pet has sensitivities. One thing that's really important to realize is the benefit of Tris EDTA. There's several ear flushes that have Tris EDTA within them. And where we want to definitely use those are gram-negative otitis, so mostly our pseudomonas otitis. It's important to realize what that ingredient does. So that ingredient's really specific in dealing with gram-negative organisms. And what it does is it essentially helps punch little holes in the wall of those gram-negative bacteria. And what that does is allows the topical therapy you're going to use, whatever we're using in that patient, to penetrate that bacteria better. So I use a ton of Trisultra uh, plus Keto in the Pseudomonas otitis cases, especially if they have also uh, a yeast otitis that's there as well. Um, but they have several different products out there, Malacat plus Trisidta, there's just Trisidta. But that's where I'm reaching for that particular flush. I'm not using it in every single um, otitis case I have. I'm really saving it for those gram-negative uh, otitis cases because that's where we know it's effective. And then if we move away from the disinfectants, the other really big category of ear flushes would be ceruminolytics. So these are kind of the cases where, say, um, there's just a waxy, greasy exudate. There's not really that much infection, if any. Like sometimes you get just you just get these cases in, and they just get this plethora of dry debris in their ear, and you can't really find infection. And you know you can tell the the pet shakes their head a lot, or we know if we don't regularly flush out that ear, um, they're going to keep getting otitis recurrently. So that's where I reach for ceruminolytics. These are products that are just really good at breaking up that debris, not necessarily that there's a lot of infection there, but that there's just kind of this waxy or dry conglomeration of debris. And these are really good at breaking that debris apart and helping to prevent things like uh, otitis from secondary bacteria. So these are gonna be products like Myelitic Otic. Um, I use a lot of Duxomycelar solution, Clear Otic. These are ones, again, where you're just helping to break up that debris. And that's the purpose of those ear flushes. So different ways you can really utilize, utilize ear flushing, again, be really um, intentional about which product you're picking and why, even if you pick at least those few products with different purposes, a ceruminolytic, a disinfectant, and something with Trisity TA, I think is a really great place to start. 
know when you need to use it in-house. Um, you know, if you need to use it on a patient that the owner struggled to flush the ears at home, if you need it for a more complete otoscopy exam, and then also know how to educate your client, have handouts or videos, or really train your staff how to go over the appropriate way to ear flush. One quick trick that I use to know if an owner sometimes is flushing appropriately or not, if we're on a certain regimen, say like once a week, I will have the owner come in either right after they flush, so have them flush like the morning of, or actually have them come in the day before they're due for that flush. It, it kind of depends on what I'm trying to evaluate on how the owner's flushing, but I time it to know like if we need to do it more frequently, maybe I check the ears right before they should flush. So if there's a lot of debris I don't feel comfortable with, maybe we increase it to twice weekly. If I'm just not sure if the owner themselves are flushing appropriately, then I might have them flush right before they come in so that I can kind of see how much debris is left. Maybe the vertical canal gets clean, but not the horizontal canal. And we really need to rediscuss the process of how to do it successfully so that we can minimize the recurrent infections in the future. So I hope that's helpful. Um, I'm really passionate about otitis in these cases and doing it right. If there's any other topics that you guys can think of, please reach out on my social media or on my website. There's a contact form, thedermvet.com. I love to hear the little subjects that are helpful for you guys in the clinic. And as always, if you leave a review, I hope a really good one that helps our podcast. And I say our, because you guys make this possible, reach more people so that we can practice better dermatology for our animal patients. Thanks guys.